G'day everyone, welcome. Uh, today I've got Guillermo Miro with me from Attend2 Technologies. Um, they do kind of online uh, sensors and all that kind of stuff for oil condition monitoring and things. Um, I think people are probably most familiar with uh, online sensors when it comes to vibration analysis, right? That's that's sort of the paradigm that people think of, but this is a slightly different application which might be new to quite a lot of people. So I'm really interested to get into this uh, with Guillermo. So, Guillermo, welcome. And if we can just get straight into it, um, maybe the, the first question I'd, I'd really sort of like to ask you would be the um, the idea that oil condition monitoring hasn't significantly changed for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. We take a sample bottle, you go and take a sample, 100 mils or whatever it is, you send it to the lab, you get your report back. Most people look at the report and if they see a box that's yellow or red, then they go and they take action. That yes. hasn't changed as far as I'm aware for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So why have things changed now? Why are we starting to see a few companies offer online uh, oil monitoring? And mm-hmm. what are some of the technologies that needed to be developed in order to uh, provide this to the market? Mm-hmm. So thank you, Rafe, for inviting me to these uh, conversations. And uh, you asked me a lot of questions in one, so I will start from the beginning. So condition monitoring, especially for lubricants, uh, is, uh, is decades old. So the sensors have just appeared in the last 10 to 20 years to cover some of the aspects that the lab analysis cannot cover. Especially, mm. for example, uh, some issues that are well known in the industry, for example, sample uh, good practices, no sampling good practices, or uh, instead of measuring the fluid, measuring what is really in the equipment in different conditions. No? That sometimes, sometimes lab analysis cannot deal with that. So sensors at the moment are a, com- a com- complementary tool to the lab because they are offering different type of data, but they cannot deal with all the data or all, all the types of parameters that the lab can offer. So some of the failure modes or some of the information that can come out from the lubricant is not available online at the moment. Mm-hmm. So with the technologies that has uh, enabled this uh, this uh, uh, this appearance or this uh, creation of these online sensors is the electronics uh, ad, uh, evolution. No, so mm-hmm. as I mentioned, the law of Moore. So uh, every time the chips are smaller, are cheaper, are um, are more powerful. So let's take a look just at the mobile phones that we have right now. So, uh, and I remember a case from oil condition monitoring, our first devices for the R&D prototypes were a shoebox and now the sensor can fit in your hand. The same device, even with more uh, powerful tools. So this evolution in terms of uh, reduction of price and reduction of, of size and increase in robustness, this, this is what has led to the, uh, to the, let's say, to the boom of online sensors in the in the market. Okay, so so for the most part, it's miniaturization, um, just of chips mm-hmm. and, and things like that, um, which I guess is a, a pretty common theme across a lot of industries, right? And so we see mm-hmm. electronics cropping up in in many many places. So, uh, what what kind of sensors are they? So we, 
what exactly do they do they measure? Because I think, um, again, most people's conception of oil condition monitoring is going to be the raft of you know ASTM and DIN test methods that are performed mm-hmm. in the lab. We're obviously mm-hmm. not miniaturizing a lab and putting it into the mm. flow stream. So what is it that we're exactly measuring in and what kind of uh, sensors are enabling that? So when I try to explain the, the let's say, the sensor family, no, the variety of sensors that are in the market, I focus on the issues that they are uh, measuring. So I typically explain that there are uh, four types of sensors. No? So for example, uh, let's say there is one sensor that they are, one type of sensor that they are, let's say, physical property sensors measuring viscosity, measuring density, measuring uh, heat modules or, or uh, thermal properties. But these sensors are uh, used for this, uh, for they are used for measuring these properties only. No? And, and as we know, viscosity alone cannot explain a lot of failure modes of the lubricant or, or issues on the equipment. But they measure really well these, these, these parameters. Then we have, um, based on the same technology that you can have in a weather station, for example, uh, there is the moisture sensors that they are specifically addressing water contamination in oil. Okay, so they are not all sensors, but they are conductive sensors that are able to measure the relative humidity of water in oil. So as soon as you have it submerged in oil, you measure the amount of water that is dissolved in the in the oil. It can help you to understand um, what, how much water do you have, for example. And then the two main or the two most widely applied sensors are the degradation sensors and the contamination sensors. Okay, so degradation sensors probably will get in, into the last part because it's the most difficult to explain. So contamination sensors are a sensor that are focusing on solid or let's say solid contamination on the fluid. No, we can measure wear particles, we can measure other types of contamination with the depending on the sector there are other natures of contamination or, or other types of contamination that can be present and typically there are two main types so let's say electric magnetic based properties so they are measuring uh, changes in electrical uh, eddy currents in in magnetic fields to understand to get information about the particles that are passing through okay size uh, materials and so on and then we have the other part that are what the, it's called the particle counters. No? So they focus on measuring the size and quantity of particles for a, a typical range of micron size. So just okay. to jump in there, um, the maybe equivalent in the lab world that we're all familiar with is that one is a little bit like an optical particle counter. Mm-hmm. Right, which you know, ISO forty four oh six or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. shining a, a laser through and detecting when something passes through the beam, versus mm-hmm. the the other type of uh, sensor that you were talking about, which is maybe more analogous to the PQ index. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But, Not obviously uh, an exact comparison, but. Yes, yes, something but like. For that. example, PQ index is catching every type of metallic particle or yes. every size, and these sensors, these magnetic field sensors, at the moment, they are uh, they are measuring particles higher than typically several uh, 
several uh, dozens of microns. So we are 70, 50, 100 microns. So they are they are catching another type of issue that is the wear progress. No? Mm, so okay. they are just catching very big particles that they typically come from when the wear issue in an equipment is severe or, or is medium severe. So so this correlation is it's good. Uh, so the particle counters are the what it's at the moment the most similar thing to the lab in terms mm -hmm. of correlation. Uh, some a lot of optical uh, sensors are offering uh, ISO four four zero six measurements. So typical uh, four six fourteen microns code cleanliness code. But I would like to add that there are different technologies in the lab and there are different technologies in the market. No. Uh, it's not the same to give an ISO 4406 code with an uh, automatic particle counter, typically light extinction, particle counter that give an ISO 4406 code based on microscope-based particle counter. One of them is what you mentioned. You pass light through a cell and you measure the, the size and the amount of security means there are more particles for this size. But the microscope is filtering the oil and getting it into the patch and just taking a picture and analyzing all of the data. And in the sensor field, we have the same difference in technologies. Most of the sensors are laser uh, or light extinction based sensors and other sensors are digital imaging. So it's pretty similar to what is done with the microscope. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. But in general terms, yes, we have the visible or optical particle counters and the magnetic yeah. particle counters. And then maybe and just one other. Sorry, one, one other question I was going to ask was on the uh, water detection. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned it's kind of measuring the conductivity of the fluid, um, mm -hmm. which I guess would make sense. Water being a much more polar molecule than the oil, uh, the more water you have, the more conductive the overall uh, fluid is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, how are we correcting for, let's say, for example, polar contaminants that come into the, into the oil? Yes, the, the point here uh, is that uh, it's, as I mentioned, is a similar process to the weather station. So you are just measuring relative humidity. So uh, it can be affected by some contaminants. And also you cannot have a direct correlation with uh, volumetric water content, for example, PPM that can you that you can measure with Calfisha, right. for example. Mm. You need to create an algorithm that correlates the amount of saturation level of the water content with respect to the ppm that you can find in this oil but this is also temperature dependent so the, the higher the temperature the more water can ingress or can absorb the oil so that's why typically these sensors are used to monitor water no water no or, or the evolution of water but without any correlation with some uh, lab uh, analysis no okay it's difficult to correlate with lab analysis hmm. And then last but not least, we have the, the degradation sensors that uh, recently has appeared some lab-like sensors that are mimicking what is done in the middle infrared with the FTIR. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of sensors at the moment, they are just measuring, um, let's say, uh, optical or uh, electrical properties and they are uh, converting this into, uh, with their own algorithms, they are converting it into indexes. Okay. Percentage, numbers. Uh, so 
they are not giving you any lab-like result. They are just telling you the trend of your oil. If you have an algorithm for your oil, you see the trend going up, going down, going up, depending on the on, on the definition of the algorithm by the by the manufacturer. But in the end, you are just getting one of the parameters of the oil. For example, we are measuring uh, some part of the visible spectra and uh, some near infrared bands. There are other companies that are measuring, for example, one, uh, the dielectric constant. This has been a very old uh, or a very mature way to diagnose degradation, but now uh, this is online, no? That is mm -hmm. a different approach. I had in the lab where I was in the university, I had a very beautiful uh, dielectric conductivity, uh, dielectric constant measurement tool but it had probably 30 or 40 years, but now they have switched to online and this is offering another insights no? on, mm. on it. So you can use different uh, properties of the oil to monitor the degradation, but we are not, or we are not, no. There is no way to give lab-like results such as TAN, RULA, um, and, and, and other, or viscosity with the degradation sensor, no? With the viscosity sensor, you can have it. Okay. So that begs a few questions. Um, okay. With, let's say, for example, the degradation uh, sensors, mm -hmm. how oil analysis is typically done at the moment is that we would monitor, for example, oxidation. And as that mm -hmm. oxidation number goes up, we watch the trend. But for practical purposes, most people are just waiting until the oxidation number exceeds some value and then they mm -hmm. change the oil. Those values, the set values or the set points are usually determined by the OEM and they're usually attached to a warranty or something like that. Mm -hmm. So with all these new sensors coming online, how, how are we supposed to use the data? Is it the same we okay. are going to put set mm -hmm. limits in or are we just using the, the trend analysis? It, what, what way should companies and people be thinking of this data and integrating it into their current practices? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that degradation is the most easier part to explain the complete process of a sensor, no? So, because it's just a, it's just a number, no? So, the, your question is very good. I mean, how to transform the, the sensor data into user actions, no? How to decide when to do that. Mm. In our case, what we are doing is just getting lab knowledge into our algorithms. So uh, we perform a degradation process for, for the oil in artificial conditions. We measure the samples at different conditions and we correlate it with sensor data. So the correlation between lab reports that they have diagnostic on it and the OEM recommendations plus sensor data leads us to create an algorithm. Probably other manufacturers are doing the same. So they are just knowing when to change the oil and adjusting their values to fit in, the, in their curve. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to, to do that. But there is another point here is that um, when you are online monitoring, you are always aware of your oil condition. Mm -hmm. So you can decide to change it later. You can decide to change it sooner. You don't need to wait for the sample to decide this. You can see the trend. You can see, you can, if the trend is stable enough, you can decide even on 25th of, 
25th of May of 2025, I will change the oil because I see the trend is stable, no? Imagine, is an example, yeah. no? But you are continuously there, no? You are not just waiting for the sample and seeing that the degradation has ramped up because you have a varnish on the cooler. Mm. So, for example, no? I mean, so it's a different approach. So does that mean that um, if we were to set up online monitoring at a site, mm -hmm. are we then correlating the sensor data with the standard lab analysis data with the view that at some point in the future, that site could maybe reduce the number of samples that it takes because mm -hmm. they have now that baseline correlation between two sets of data and that they could start to change oil based on the conditions that they see in real time. Mm -hmm. that's, so that's how I've understand it so far. Does that need to be done on a site-by-site -site basis, that correlation? Or are you guys doing, you know, correlations that would be applicable uh, globally? The... In our case, the performance of the of the degradation sensors is heavily dependent on the lubricant. Yep. So it's mostly a lubricant oh. issue. Okay. So each lubricant has its own um, algorithm. Okay. So depending on the in our case, it's as I said, it's a spectrometric. So the spectra of each oil is different. The mm. same with FTIR. So each oil needs a different treatment. So it's not side by side, but it's oil by oil. I would say. Ah. Uh. Okay, then no, that's 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 good to know. In fact, in fact, the I would say the most uh, advanced sensors in the degradation field they they have their the feature that they have several hundreds of uh, references of oil references in their database, mm. so they can cover a very big amount of industries. Okay, so, that that makes that makes sense. Mm. That maybe lends itself to a question about. Uh, what do businesses need to do to prepare for the world of online sensors? Mm -hmm. um, it is a different skill set, for one thing. You know, it's not uh, lube tech or, a, you know, a, a mechanic or whoever going out and trying to take a representative sample. That skill set mm -hmm. is not really relevant here. It's how much of the data handling does the end user need to do? Is that all on, on your end? Um, or are you finding that customers will, for example, import a lot of this data into a centralized like data lake or data warehouse? Mm -hmm. um, how much cleaning of that data needs to occur? Um, so maybe you're sort of best set up to, to answer some of these questions. Yes. Uh, we always start when we talk with a customer with the uh, added value, no? What are they looking for when installing sensors? Uh, typically, the customers that are working with online sensors, they are also, or they are really aware of oil condition monitoring as a technology. No, So mm -hmm. they are trying to catch some of the issues that they cannot catch with standard oil monitoring. No, we, uh, Oil sensors can reduce some of the errors that lab can have. No, For example, for contamination, the the bottle that is take the sample bottle cleanliness, the human error that can occur, the practice that you, you just purk some oil before getting 
the sample in the bottle, but also, uh, especially for example, for for remote equipment, no, for wind turbine gearboxes, mm. when you are taking the sample, machine has been stopped for several minutes. If you are climbing up, because you need to stop the turbine, you need to climb up. So how representative is the sample? No, with the online mm. sensors, you are making the 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 sample representative in all conditions. So as soon as we understand the added value, we need to check the infrastructure of the customer, or we need we together check the infrastructure of the customer. No, so uh, are they prepared to have sensors on their on their plant or on their equipment? Have they a PLC, for example, no, or have they um, power supply, or or have they um, wireless communication that we can use? No, so how to extract the data from the sensor and deliver it to the customer it's a crucial point and here we are very flexible we have uh, developed gateways to convert into protocols uh, communication protocols like uh, modbus profinet profibus canvas so these are uh, out the things that come from the automation automation part but we need to be aware of that. It's not just lab reports anymore. We need to get into the field, connect to a PLC, connect to a SCADA system, but then we need to be aware of the new technologies that ca that have appeared in the wireless uh, in the wireless field. LoRaWAN, Zigbee, uh, um, Bluetooth even, or Wi-Fi. Mm. So you can use also these uh, solutions. So having the infrastructure, both the physical uh, and then so having the physical infrastructure is one thing and then having let's say the soft infrastructure so where is going to be the data no this is the point uh, data governance is a really important topic Cybersecurity is another important topic here and also data maturity or let's say um, maturity of data analysis from the customer some of customers they just want the sensor as another signal from the equipment such as you mentioned vibration monitoring or varying temperature so they can just are monitoring like this but there are some other customers that are willing to get a bit more into the digitalization trend so they are willing to add a new layer on that so uh, advanced studies about dynamic limits uh, different studies about for example abnormal events so one one aspect i like to mention this because uh, we can understand it very easily when you take a lab sample after an unplanned event, you're just getting, let's call it post-mortem. So you're seeing the cumulative, uh, in the in the case of uh, contamination, for example, you are getting the cumulative wear process during the complete period. So with the sensor, you have been there from the beginning. So you can see if the all the wear started at the beginning, if all the wear uh, was done at the end, which of the operational conditions during the this unplanned event or this let's say transient event are affecting. So this is creating a new, let's say, corpus of knowledge, no? a new way to understand online conditioning monitoring data. So as I mentioned, with some data, uh, data, data management no? in terms of storing, cleansing, um, correlating, and then we can talk about artificial intelligence if you want <laughs> but <coughs> it's a it's not a i mean this this is pretty far away i think for the moment but uh, with a good data set you can 
understand better your equipment and then there is the last point there that it's how to transform your data beautiful data into user actions here is where it comes the intelligence that probably is available in some uh, in some oems because they have done a lot of work previously but for most of the end users data is still uh, not practical in all senses so you need a uh, let's say uh, um, we call it um, we, we we try always to get along with the customer during this process to make the customer understand uh, what can they extract with the data from the very beginning until what, whatever or the farther they can they they want to go with the data okay. so that to me sounds like the sort of general use cases for uh, a lot of these sensor applications is twofold uh, one is from a post-mortem exercise standpoint you can fill in a lot of the gaps that we have in our data sets because mm -hmm. obviously with standard con oil condition monitoring we might only be taking a sample once every let's say three months in some instances three months six months even for, a year for gearboxes a year, or a year and <laughs> if the peter effectively if the peter f interval is shorter than your uh, interval between uh, mm, oil samples, samples. then mm -hmm. you have zero visibility on the failure mode. And this, mm -hmm. even though it might be, a, let's say, a less complete data set than a full-on lab analysis, it still gives you the regularity to be able to go through and identify when... Uh, a problem of event might have occurred and, and when it started mm -hmm. to degrade and things like that. So that, I think I think that sounds like that's one application. And the second application is more to do with trending. And once you have the correlation between the lab data and your um, real-time data, it enables you to you know watch the degradation mechanisms happen in real time and gives you an opportunity to maybe plan out and forecast when the oil change is going to have to happen or something like that. Is that mm -hmm. is that a fair assessment of the two main use cases, or do you see other other applications for it? Mm -hmm. The 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 post mortem analysis it's it's true. No, you are just filling with a. I I always use the the same analogy. No, you have a, you imagine that you want to install a surveillance system at your home. You can choose between a very good camera, very mm -hmm. good resolution that you can catch the thief face, and you the police automatically will go. To catch him and then you can have a very low resolution video that you see that mm -hmm. somebody is jumping the fence but i don't know so until now we just had the camera but the camera was just capturing pictures at a random rate no every three months you are having a picture of the fence so it's difficult to see if there was somebody getting at your getting the fence no with the video you can choose when to take the the photo no you can optimize the sample rates and also uh, you can optimize what the lab is offering you because uh, there is a lot of data on that but most of the samples are okay a lot of times mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you are just uh, you know you're just getting good results every time and lab data also can be used to to solve you an issues not just to say okay you are fine let's go yep. so and then the other part is what it comes to normality models okay 
some, some companies or some equipments, let's say, uh, have learned that uh, you can create a corpus of normal operation parameters, no? Uh, so you can have, uh, within you are in normal operation, for example, for a, let's say, a gas turbine, if you are at 5 megawatts power, you know, bedding temperature is ranging from here to here, um, inlet pressure is ranging from here to here, um, I don't know, noise uh, measured in the outside is ranging from here to mm. here. So you can check or you can catch abnormalities in operations. Yeah. And oil condition monitoring was lacking this part. So adding sensors helps you to add normality uh, data sets into these uh, uh, normality models. No? I would then say digital twins because maybe it's a very big word and very hyping word, but you can fit oil condition monitoring data into your equipment model or your equipment, uh, let's say, your equipment digital information. And this adds you, or this helps you to catch more failure modes or more events, no, or more type of 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 information. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Maybe just to ask a slightly different question um, about how are the OEMs responding to these new data streams? The reason I ask mm -hmm. that is, you know, I come from mainly the gas engine world, where oil analysis is king when it comes to warranty claims so if you haven't mm -hmm. done your oil analysis and if you weren't obeying the oem limits then basically your warranty is junk uh so with this with this new paradigm where we have uh data sets that aren't expressed in the old uh, astm or din formats mm -hmm. how are oems let's say using this this new data set Okay, <laughs> this is a good question. No, for example, uh, they are uh, they or the OEMs are thinking. At the moment, they are they are still a lot of them are infant in the technology. No, because mm. the technology is infant also. So they are finding all the ways to extract a value from the implementation of these technologies and a standard. For example, in the wind sector, they are in the wind turbine gearbox sector. They are advanced in this field, so they have online sensors to monitor advanced wear process with in which purpose to get a, an early warning of a severe wear process but mm. the typical the pf curve or let's say the, the time to failure it's six months a year several years depending on the robustness of the gearbox so you are just uh, i would say switching from a semi-unplanned outage to a planet outage and you can take some action for sure you can derate you can improve the loop oil uh, flow to the gearbox or you can increase the filtration to maintain the oil in good conditions but they are not working on this digital approach because the sensors that are available for them they were just monitoring very uh, late wear events no? mm -hmm. so but some of the OEMs in other sectors are trying to use the sensors to, for example, increase the equivalent operating hours. Mm. For example, with unplanned outages. You mentioned gas engines, but for example, in gas turbines, every unplanned outage is automatically getting you some hours of operation. Mm. But they, they just give a, a number, 8,000 hours, 1,000 hours. 
why is 1000 hours because yeah. they have did their test in the past but from the experience of sensors we know that each event is different as in life no <laughs> so the severity of the events can at some point modulate this uh, this affection and in the end you can have a probably a more equivalent operating hours if your events are not so severe instead of just getting out um, hours because you are tripping or you are stopping the turbine so and there are the other OEMs that are just using sensors to catch some failures that they uh, found in the design or in the commissioning part of some equipment so they are just using sensors to uh, help them understand better what is happening on their equipment mm, okay very interesting. And maybe one last question as we uh, sort of start to wrap up. Where do you see this technology going? Let's say if you had mm -hmm. to have a crystal ball and you could forecast out 10 years. Um, okay. You know, the trend of miniaturization, I guess, will probably continue mm -hmm. because of Moore's law. Uh, and, and maybe the chips are able to collect more and more accurate data. But how do you see some of the implementation changing? Let's see if, if there are no more semiconductor crises and so on. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, in the general trend, I see two two ways. No, the one is to cover the gap between data information and uh, intelligence mm -hmm. on the on the sensor. So how to diagnose? the system with online sensors this is a uh, i think this is this is in its early infants mm. because there is there is sensor data there is a, a failure data but there is no this uh, subject matter expert data tell you okay if the sensor is doing that you are having uh, i don't know a hydro um, or micro dieseling in your equipment no this this expertise is not still uh, embedded and there are some, for sure, there are some, um, how I would say, there are some, it's, it's not easy to do that, no? It's not easy to transform data into uh, actions. And the other part is the, I think it will come with the, yes, I think it will be a, a democratization of these technologies. Some of the customers will use it to just monitor their equipment, but some of the OEMs will start to agree to uh, to add this to their to their equipments, like they did with vibrations 20 to 30 years ago. So I think we will work more on the software part, and for sure, for sure, some uh, sensing principles, new sensing principles can appear, or they they will be more advanced. In fact, we have our own development pipeline hmm. where new i wouldn't say disruptive but new sensing technologies or sensing principles are in the pipeline for some at some point so it will increase the range of application it will increase the parameters that you can obtain but uh, apart from the technology development i think there is a lot of work into uh, creating value no in with hmm. the sensors all right that sounds uh, very exciting and it's uh, something to, to look forward to because it really is a bit of a new paradigm in uh, condition monitoring at least from the from the oil condition monitoring side of things mm -hmm. so uh, thanks to uh, Dr. Guillermo Miro um, 
who's obviously with Attend2 Technologies. Really appreciate your time and uh, thanks for sharing all your knowledge. Thank you, Rafa, for your time. This has been a great conversation.